1: Back on the boss man show, it's eighth year. Texas AM Commerce, outside of Dallas, Texas, Metroplex. Women's basketball coach there, the Lions, Jason Burton, on the show with me this morning. What's well, sir, brother Burton? How's the weather down there in the Metroplex, man? Man, the weather's nice right now. It
2: was cold last week, but we're, we're good right now.
1: Hey, now, how y'all recovering from that Cowboys loss on Sunday, man? How's how that going for you? We're going right
2: there, huh? we <laughs> going <laughs> You know what? It's all right. We got a bounce back week. We got we got the Atlanta Falcons this week. So we got a bounce back week.
1: Well, that's why I brought it up. Cause we coming down uh, And we <laughs> we know y'all caught it very well, Dan Queen. We know his plays very well. So
2: we know it's what's
1: coming. Right. We know what's coming. <laughs> all
2: right. We got different personnel now, so
1: you <laughs> ready. I, I Be ready. hear that, man. I hear that, brother. Well, look, everybody excuse off the bat, man. You all got to call up to the Southland Conference coming going there next year, but tell me about that does it mean for your program? Uh you're currently D2. So how how's that changed how you how you recruit for scholarship-wise and going to, up to the Southland conference in D1 there, brother?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for us scholarship-wise, we we have 10 10 full scholarships. We can break it up however we want to. Uh going to the south, and we jump up to 15 full. So uh immediately it it increases the the type of player we can get. It increases the amount of players that we can get. Uh, on school scholarship and and so that allows us to to drastically change how we recruit um but as far as as far as being competitive you know we're one of the best D2 programs in the country we have been in the last 3 years and i think that translates you know we're not we're not going to a power five conference right now we're, we're going to a conference that's very very similar to our conference at least the top tier of our conference and so i think right away we'll be able to compete um, and that's what we want to do that's our goal i think for the university though it's huge it's huge as far as exposure is huge as far as as uh just growth for our universities it's the right time it's the right time for us to do this um you know it's gonna help enrollment it's gonna help a lot of things with our school and so we're fired up here about that move and and, and looking forward to it man
1: man you and your eighth years of head coach in this business you know how it is man three to four years you out of there so tell yeah. me how it's feel to be that eight years uh, the university support you the way they have and have your back man
2: man it's it's a blessing it is a blessing um definitely have had some opportunities the last few years to, to move or go elsewhere, but, uh, we got a good thing going on right here. And I have, I have an incredible boss and my athletic director, Tim McMurray, our president, Mark Rudin is great. Um, and it was icing on the cake when they decided to make this move to division one. So, you know, I can stay here and and uh, hopefully we can work out a new contract here in the near future. Um, but it, it's, it's really, it's been a blessing, man. Like the guy that brought me into this business, Sam Walker, um, he's still on campus. And so to have your mentor uh, in walking distance to be able to talk, to be able to uh, vent to whatever is incredible. But the support that we have as far as women's basketball, I mean, our, our, our attendance at games is incredible. Uh, the support that we have on campus for, for women's athletics is huge. And so uh, why leave a good thing when we got something going special here?
1: No doubt, man. And I'm asking his brother, like last year, 14 wins during a COVID year, you know, how was it for your team not to know whether you're going to play or not, uh, testing all the time, you know, you shoot around, you find out we're not playing today. So how did you and your young women persevere through all those hard times last year, man?
2: I don't think people realize how tough that year was. Like that was – it was probably, you know, postseason-wise, our best – our second best season in school history. You know, we got a win in the NCAA tournament, had a chance to – almost compete and go to the to the uh, Sweet 16, uh, but just fell a little bit short. But to do that in the COVID year when, you know, two of our losses last year came with our best players out because of COVID testing. And and one of those games we scheduled uh, just because we had to meet a, a minimum number of games to make the tournament. So it was like, man, let's get a game in. Even if we, you know, don't win the game, let's try to get it in. And uh, we did. And we, we were on the road for – for two days, found out on game day that we weren't gonna play. So we picked up a game on the way back and we're winning the entire game. And in the last three minutes of the game, we lose the game. That was one of our losses. And that was just the type of year it was. And and but it was incredibly stressful. We we didn't have a preseason because we spent every two weeks in quarantine basically. Uh, because you're testing, you know, three or four times a week. And anytime has anytime somebody has symptoms, you're testing again. And then, you know, the NCAA tournament first game we had a positive test. It, was, it ended up being a false positive, but for 30 minutes, we thought our season was over and didn't get a chance to play. And that was going to be back-to-back years in the NCAA tournament that we didn't get a chance to play. Um, so just to, to be able to have the success we had with a bunch of new players, um, nobody quit, nobody decided to, to sit the year. Um, our, I'm proud of our girls for that. They, the way they persevered, the way they, because it was just tough mentally. And, and to be able to still have success in the classroom when everything's virtual, they're not used to virtual. The tutoring wasn't the same. Uh, it it was definitely difficult mentally, but we found a way to get it done. I can only imagine
1: trying to put in install offense over Zoom. You know, I can only imagine because you have a lot of young and women on your team that are, are freshmen sophomores, and so trying to install things via Zoom. I know my, my father's a coach. You know, I chose being radio. I, I you and. Brian and other guys for coaching, y'all. I, I love y'all for doing it because I know JR. I'm gonna start cussing the wrong way since the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm that convincing. So I thought I said, No, let me be on the radio. I can kind of just not lose any games. I can just talk about the game and have fun that way. So try, how, tell me about that. How you're trying to put it in, install via Zoom and Real camaraderie via Zoom, and then this year you can't have workouts in the spring and summer. And the yeah. and girls going go, go to go class now because they wouldn't last year was all gone from gone from them last year.
2: We didn't do anything basketball via Zoom. You didn't you know, every a, every time you try to get on a Zoom and you try to play video, something technical goes wrong. You know, a, a big part of our success, I really think, was just checking up on our girls mentally and trying to trying to keep it light. Uh, and then when we got a chance to get on the floor, we got after it. But we did we, we do a thing called Empower Out. And so the first six weeks of of the school year, we we get one guest speaker to come speak to our team. And so that was the one thing that we had consistently was and the great thing about Zoom was you can get somebody from across the country anywhere. You know, we had Chloe from Overtime, um, who's overtime basketball, who's now actually an assistant coach at Baylor talk. We had we had some very influential people in the women's basketball community talk to our team. Um, we just had people all over and talk and try to empower and try to uh, inspire and keep motivated. And that was a big thing that we did while they were in, in quarantine was just try to keep motivated. And then when we got to the floor, we got after it. But what, what it did was it just – it tightened up our rotation. We really we really leaned on our returners who knew stuff from last year, who already knew our offense, to play. Um, and then some some of our newcomers played spot minutes. And, and we, we had one transfer that was in her fourth year, and we kind of leaned on her as one of the newbies to play just because she played college basketball before she could figure it out on the fly. Uh, but a lot of it was our returners got, got the minutes and they got it done.
1: And you kind of spoke about mental health. You know, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I'm a radio dude. So I, my mental health is not what it is what a basketball player is right now. So tell me about how you kind of foster their mental health because and power hour is a great idea. And cause I know when young women are, can't they get the department, the, the court, department court and not be able to enjoy themselves and, and be a college student pretty much. So how'd you all kind of help on that in mental health now with it being more open in Texas now, like it's in Georgia? How's it been different this year now for you guys?
2: Yeah, it's it's open. And, and but you know the crazy thing is, so my wife is is a frontline worker. She works at a hospital. She's been in the thick of things for almost two years now. And one thing that we really do or try to do is have the team at our house. And we just couldn't do it. We have a two-year-old son who the, in the middle of this was an infant, really. And so you can't have the team at the house. You're trying to find ways to, to still have team bonding. Campus was was dead last year just because you couldn't do the same things on campus. Um, you got mask requirements. You got testing. You're trying to protect your team. Um, and so to me, that was the most important thing with the season last year was, was how we check on these kids and how we make sure that they're good mentally. And how do you... How do you keep them sane? I think we lost one of our one of our better freshmen last year just because she wanted to go back home. Uh, so that was a tough thing that that you know you lose a couple of kids because, especially in your first year, you feel like you don't have that same camaraderie that you're used to. Um, so this year we, we made an uh, important thing for us to to make sure we try to do as much as possible. There's still COVID, still COVID, still real. So we're still trying to to be careful. But you know one thing we do every year we have a boot camp. And, and uh, as a part of our boot camp this year, they got a chance to, to get out of boot camp early by putting together a little skit. So they had to they had to do a team dance. They had to do, uh, in groups of three, they had a lip, sync, uh, a lip sync battle, which was cool. It was fun, they, they choreography and all that. And then we have two freshmen that can sing. And so they had to do a duet. So we got our admin to come in the gym. We, they performed it, and it was a good little time as far as them getting out of their lane slides and their condition they got to do so. You know you got to find ways to keep it light and still get better um but i think so much of of this game of basketball is is the chemistry and the culture that you have and everybody's good at x and o's at this level if you're if you're coaching college basketball if you're playing college basketball you're doing it at the highest level but what separates you and, and to me it's the culture aspect of it and, and the chemistry aspect
1: and you have a bat to bet coming up jason uh Colorado State, Crevo, and Colorado Christian. Tell me about the Fanfields back to back so, so, do you prepare for one the first game, then do it the back one on the second? in or kind of doing both at the same time? There,
2: we're preparing for the first game, obviously, um, just because that that's the that's the team we play first. You got to go in and get a win, and then that second game, you get a chance to watch the other team live, and, and we'll make our adjustments at the hotel. But the main focus has been on us, and we we went through the gauntlet this preseason. We played played Baylor, SMU, and Houston in the last week and a half. So there's not a better team in the country at the Division two level that we're going to play, as far as uh, just talent-wise. I mean, Baylor has the best player in the country, and Alyssa Smith. Houston is super athletic with with high-major bigs that they press, they they run and jump, they and they dribble, drive, and and then SMU is high execution and, and very talented. So we got three different looks this preseason, uh, which hopefully prepares us. You know, we we think we've seen pretty much everything we're going to see. Um, with the exception of some zone work and we'll work on that in practice this week. But the thing is to continue as a team to get better with what we do. Uh, We're one of the best teams in the country. We're preseason number 10 right now for a reason. And it's because people got to guard us too. So that's what we're going to focus on is, is us and our execution.
1: No doubt, I'm asking his brother. At what point did you decide to become a head coach? I'm not going my father's a head coach. I told you I wouldn't, that wasn't in my path. So what, what kind of made you say, hey, I want to get into coaching and help young women to grow and develop and become great leaders in their communities after they leave you for after them four years of playing for, playing for you, brother?
2: Yeah, I think every athlete at some point, like they said they want to be around the game. And, and early on, because I had injuries, I said I wanted to go to school for sports medicine. I wanted to be a physical therapist. And then I realized I don't, I don't like science at all. Like I'm not good at it. Like that's not, that's not my wheelhouse. So what's next? And and uh, so I switched my major to business, but after my freshman year of college, me and my brother, Brian, who's also a longtime college coach, we started an AU program called Dallas Hoop Dreams. And that's how I got into coaching. And then the, the minute I started doing that, I fell in love with coaching. And so I decided I wanted to be uh, a head coach in college. And I wanted to be a head coach by the age of 30. That was the goal I set out to do. And uh, I started my career on the men's side, though. And so I went from, or started here on the men's side four years. I went to Texas State. Um, after my second year at Texas State, my boss got fired. And so I had a decision to make. It was continue to, to try to chase, you know, assistant coaching jobs at the Division One level. Or, or I got offered a high school head coaching job at, at age 27. And so I took that high school job. We won one game. And somehow, a one-win high school coach became a Division II women's head college coach at the same place I started my career. It's because of the job we did the first time around. Uh, I think they believed in me and, and what we were able to accomplish when I was on the men's side, and they took a shot at you know bringing me back and, and being the women's head coach. And and uh, I won't go back. This is this is the women's side for me. And but I, I knew at an early age that I wanted to to be a head coach, and and I was fortunate enough to. Have the things fall on the line like they did.
1: No doubt. That's one for your brother. I got this. When you come to Atlanta, brother, tell me where you left. That I have to go to eat at when you in town, man.
2: When I come to Atlanta?
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. I got to see what your taste is, man, when you come to town. <laughs>
2: Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm finding me a chicken and waffle spot when I come to Atlanta.
1: Hey, I, gotta get... I hear that. Hey, last night, chicken and waffles is gone, though. It's gone?
2: It's gone. Uh, I went there. We I went to the men's final for Atlanta. That's probably back in like 09, 10, something like that. No, I think I it was like, 12, 13. It was tw- 12. 12, 12, 12. 12, yeah. Because uh, I was at Texas State. And uh, I was, yeah, that was the last, probably the last restaurant I went to in Atlanta. Yeah. It was yeah. yeah
1: probably- I remember that Final Four vividly. A lot went on, a lot went on that weekend. I remember. <laughs> A lot bigger on that weekend. <laughs> yes, I, hey, it's best way. This nine years ago, I remember it like yesterday. Nine years ago, I remember it. Then last year, COVID stole it from us last year because I was I had some interviews lined up for the final four week. I'm like, yeah. it messed up my whole flow. I had so many interviews booked that I lost. I'm like, gum COVID. But it happened on my birthday, Jason. Hey, like March 11th oh, is my birthday. That's so, crazy. So forever, I know COVID hit on my birthday
2: so we're we're sitting at uh we're sitting on the bus we had just finished practice for ncaa tournament first round we're already at the tournament and uh we're on the bus headed back to the hotel and i get the phone call after we finish practice shut down but i i knew like the day before just sitting in the hotel room i'm watching rudy gobert and and all that that he tested positive for COVID. i'm like it's something's about to happen it's about to get shut down was hoping and praying it didn't happen, but then you just kept seeing thing after thing, and mm-hmm. they conference tournament shutting down, and then you know, it, it, it happened, so.
1: Yep, so forever, I know 2020, my yeah. birthday was the day COVID hit, for real, for real, March 11th, so I cannot forget that the rest of my life, so my birthday felt was known as the COVID day, I guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, hopefully this year's a lot better, this, this one coming up, hopefully, hopefully we, you know, people get vaccinated or whatever, and this thing kind of goes away, and we can move on to some, some form of normal life.
1: Yeah, perfectly. You know, I I, I miss uh, the road. I, I love the road, but I miss the road. So getting back on the road this year has been good. I'll be in Huntsville tonight, Alabama a and and Tennessee State tonight. Tomorrow okay. I'll be in Nashville, Alabama it's State, easy, in Vanderbilt. So I'm, I'm back. I'm going to see what we got going, man.
2: It's here. I'm excited, man. I, I was talking to my wife this morning. My wife's a basketball junkie, and she played college basketball, too. And she was like, man, I got South Carolina women tonight. I got Michigan State, Kansas, and think what Duke, Kentucky. And it's, it's here. So it, it's, it's fun. It's the best time of the year right now, man.
1: But, hey, between football and basketball, it's you can't go wrong right now. And you know what? I cannot wait until February when it slows down after the All-Star game in the, for the NBA. So I can just ride on out to April. Now, the Hawks are struggling right now. So who knows? But hey. Mm-hmm.
2: Steph Curry went nuts on the Hawks last night.
1: Well, well, the Hawks don't stop nobody. That's not surprising. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but
1: fifty? I mean, 50. well, well, the thing about the, the thing about it is, is you know, the Hawks, you got too much of a good. Almost, you got too many guys who want to play. Then too many guys who aren't defenders either. So with, with Golden State, you can't really hide Trey Young. <laughs> That's <laughs> Think about it. You can't hide him against Golden State because you got Poole, Wiggins, Steph, Dre, and Looney. And the way they play, he can't just hide in, in a corner on somebody. He's still defensive by an action. It's
2: it's almost like Steph takes it personal too, like just to remind y'all who did it first, like who? Yes. They're shooting the three ball. First. Yes.
1: Okay. Well, Aljona's manager came from Golden State. Sling came from Golden State. So yeah. he, that's what he visions of, of a herder with Trey yeah. Collins. That's what his his mind is today. We're Golden State Southeast, and but the thing about it is, when you play like Tom Thibodeau with the Knicks, or you play the Bucks of Bootenholzer, Hoser, they don't make adjustments, and Doc Rivers don't make adjustments. Trey Young can hide on a Reggie Bullock, or a Ben Simmons, or a Portis, or a PJ Tucker. So right. the thing about beating the Hawks is this. Make Trey Young get in action. He can't stop nobody. So, just the game plan and Golden State
2: exposes it. It and sounds like you got a little bit of coaching in you, man. You might have to come over here to this <laughs> side. You got the game plan. Hey, Singer G,
1: I watch a lot of film, brother. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so, I know.
2: <laughs> hey, you know that's a sign of a good. A good radio person, man. Everybody don't watch, everybody don't break down the film and, and see it for themselves and see what, what people are really doing. So I like it, man. Yeah, because like it that.
1: helps to my dad as a coach and I play ball too. So, because a lot of guys in my field, I, mean, I don't want to throw nobody on the bus, but they don't know nothing. They just ask general, uh tell me why this didn't work. Uh, how about watch the film and also the matchups? Yeah. See, I'm asking about matchups and what I'm seeing on the court. Uh, adjustments to make, you know, heads to pick and roll, maybe no, no, bracketing a little bit, you know what I'm saying? You no, know, NBA is about paint the gaps and slots in the NBA. It's all it's about so driving in there, like when I, on the house offense. Trae is on drive to the elbow and get you to commit to a his floater or a of the Capella or a strong weak side three. It's really, it's really a four way go where you got. Mm-hmm. And so,
2: it's, it's tough really- to guard, man. It's tough to guard the way the way he shoots and the way he plays. It's- it's tough to guard,
1: no doubt. And so, if
2: it was me, I'm gonna say, Hey,
1: Trey, make any floater you want to make, or because I'm gonna stick my plaster to Bogey, Badanovich, Galinari, I'm gonna make you a suit floaters. If you make a 50 55 floaters, we lose great, but you, nobody's gonna beat us, <laughs> you know what I'm
2: saying?
1: Yes, yeah. see, yeah. I'm gonna mindset of, I look, I'm gonna let, let, let you get yours, stop everybody else. You know that's, that's that's the way I
2: would do it if I'm coaching. You got to figure out at that level. You got to figure out what you're okay with. Yes, that's important. And if, if that's the game plan, if everything else happens, then then yes. you're good. Yes,
1: I will live with Trey. Young hitting floaters all game long, rather than him hitting threes. And I don't want to get Bogey hot, Gallinari hot, Herder hot. I don't want that to happen. So I'm going to let you hit floaters, or let Capella get a dunk. But I'm going to take I'm going to take my floater though. Over that, so that's just me. But it's funny watching him; he's coaching in the NBA at this high level. They just like, like I said, Bud Bootenholzer in Milwaukee, Jenkins with Memphis, Knock um, Rivers in Philadelphia, Chibodeau with the Knicks. It's just play, play system, no matter who it is. And in the playoffs, that gets you in trouble. So, so who's your favorite
2: coach in the league right now?
1: I actually like Kerr. He makes adjustments. I like Kerr because he makes adjustments. I also, like um, my man. And the Clippers, Lou, Lou makes adjustments too. Lou does what he's based on who he's playing. You know, a lot
2: of a lot of people didn't give Lou his his respect when he won with Cleveland. They just say, "Oh, you got LeBron." Nah, talking coach, coach, coach.
1: talking coach. coach. It's just that you know what blows our mind is like that certain teams like Rick Carlisle does not make adjustments. They just play my system. You can't do that because in the playoffs they don't get you beat. Like the Bucks won because Durant's toe. He, they caught a break, okay. And Trey Young ankle got hurt because he don't make it because remember, Bud coached the Hawks, man. So I, yeah. I remember him. He to get he'll make adjustments. It's the same thing. He watched the Memphis Grizzlies and the Bucks, it's the same offense. Because Dickens came from Milwaukee. I'm like, right, right. So I'm like, okay, it's the same thing, Jason. So like, bro, I know you get in your coaching world, but I'll be watching film on Synergy, brother. I watch film, so I know what's going on, man. <laughs> So I'm asking questions. I'm like <laughs> I don't watch the film. <laughs> I, know, I, I know what you're doing.
2: <laughs> so you didn't watch us before the show? I got questions about us. How, how would you guard us? Are you see? Next it's time, we your get film,
1: on. yeah. I gotta look at I gotta watch next your film.
2: Time, yeah, next time we get on, I gotta I gotta ask
1: you. <laughs> yeah, I gotta watch your film. Yeah, I gotta watch it. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go see if you watch your film, brother. I would do that because uh I love being in that dark room here on my laptop while watching the film. I love it, man. I, I enjoy it. And it's funny, my father's 81 years old. Still watch the film. Uh, it's, if, if it's in you, it's in you, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, he watches the NBA with me. He's like, "This is terrible basketball. I don't like it." He's a he's old school. He wants to put two down the block, do do all that. He 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 old school, old school. Yeah. He ain't, he ain't with the spread game yet. He ain't with the Mike Dan, 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 Dan Tony game no more. He ain't with that.
2: <laughs> That's the way the game's going, man. But the, the game is going that way, you know. And it, it it ebbs and flows, right? Like you're gonna see. Some dominant big players coming to the league, some at some point, and, and the game will change it back a little bit, I'm sure. But uh, because everybody's trying to find a way to, to innovate and to change it up, but right now, you better be able to shoot the three ball.
1: Let me ask you this, though. This is a mom Heat question.
2: Did you help out I, was sur- the- I was surprised you didn't say spoke, by the way. As, yeah. As one of the coaches.
1: yeah, well, it's because I, I have a thing with the Orlando Magic, that was my team. If- when I was younger, so I don't really like Miami like that. So I kinda of call them the Miami Heat. I don't give them respect because I have to. But this is the heat question though for you. Would you help off the strong side
2: three? The way the heat do. Would I help off it? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, but that's me. That's that's how we cut we play. We don't we don't help off strong side three. The Miami
1: Heat is one of the team in the NBA who help on that strong side three, help off that strong. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it, but they, they do it all the time they'll give you a strong side of three they'll help off of it i don't
2: get it so but they that, they get away with it but i wouldn't yeah. do it i wouldn't do it and, and the only time we do it, it it's a, it's a scout situation if they put a non-shooter in the corner on the strong side then yeah help but you better commit to taking that charge too mm-hmm. that's my that's my yeah
1: cuz I, I watch it all the time I'm like yeah they i mean that's the one of few teams to do it in the nba the raptors but do it in- too yeah, as a general rule, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, because that's just something I don't agree with. They make it work, but I don't agree with it. And that's what Scott Brooks did with the Wizards and the Thunder. He helped off that strong side corner. I don't understand it.
2: But, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier. Like, people have their their thing that they're going to live with. If they're going to live with the the corner three, then that's 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 their thing, I guess. But. In the league, you got people that that's their only job is to knock down the corner three. So, yes, PJ uh, Tucker, that's, that's his thing. PJ Tucker's thing is make corner threes, right? Yes,
1: so. and, and you know what? This is why I fought Monty Williams in the finals. Um, he didn't build a wall against against Giannis, he just chose to go with eight on him rather than building a wall. Yeah, that's what hurt them. He did not build a wall against Giannis. And he went eight. Also, losing Dario Saric off the bench hurt them as well. No, no towards, doubt. his knee up game one. So I was like, if Monty had played, or everybody else played him with Widow, make him shoot jumpers. I'll live with Giannis taking threes.
2: If Giannis gets a jumper, it's over. Go ahead and put that out right now. Yes. If Giannis, gets a jumper is over.
1: Yes. So, yeah, that was one thing about the finals I said. the same way about Ben Simmons,
2: but Ben Simmons looks like he's never going to get a jumper, so.
1: Nah, never going to get a jumper, never. And uh Philadelphia's fine. A man for having mental health issues, which is crazy to me. It's crazy. I mean, Daryl Morey is too stubborn for his own good. I-
2: so how do you feel about the trade rumor? They're talking about Ben Simmons for Jalen Brown.
1: That's – I got to be honest with you. A lot of these are agent-driven leaks. Like, that's an agent putting it out there. That's Rich Paul trying to dr- drum up some. That's Rich Paul because it came from, from Sham Sharania. Yeah. That's Rich Paul. Okay. <laughs> league sources, that's Rich Paul. <laughs> so, for being in the league, I kind of can tell when certain things are being said where it came from. All right. Now, nah, that came from an executive, it came from an agent. Now, nah, that's not even real. I want to look at, look, I'm going to tell you, look in December 15th. Agents can be traded at that point, Jason. So at that point, you'll see Ben Simmons get traded after December fifteenth, because the league can be, tra- be the trades now. Because right now, agents cannot be traded right now, because right, of the rules. Right, right, so, right. but yeah, when you see a Wades bomb or a Shams bomb, Wades is the executives, <clears throat> Shams is the agents or the players, and Shams is owned by Rich Paul. He's a clutch client. Okay. So think about, you notice when Lonzo Ball's contract got announced, and all these different people with clutch got announced, it came from Sham Sharania. Woes gets from the executives. Like, yeah, I'm, like I'm learning something. I'm learning. I'm getting my MBA
2: facts from you, man. I've
1: <laughs> yes. And so it's funny, like when the Hawks fired Lori Pierce, when Woes put it out there, I knew that I, was, I knew it hours ago. It wasn't the Woes, but I knew that three hours before you put it out there. <laughs> and i could tell the story was was, was off when you said it because i know what really happened <laughs> it's like i laugh when i hear hawk's news and i'll be like Dang how that actually happened but okay <laughs> so what third party untold you some third hand information that you putting right. out there now some knew that happened but not what you're saying right, right. Like I, I i can tell when he's when i hear these stories out here jason i can tell where it come from like I know who put that out. I just laugh about it.
2: <laughs> so who, who you got winning this, this year? Uh,
1: Brooklyn or Golden State? If Clay is healthy and Clay is back,
2: they're going to be nasty with
1: that. Think about this. you If you put, bring him off the bench, that's a sick bench, or you start him, it's sick. Because sick. you got either Poole off the bench with Otto Porter, Belitza. You know, Iguadala, GP2 now defensively. Golly. I mean, the Warriors have actually rebuilt on the fly and kept their core. They
2: did it somehow. They did it. They did it because they, they tanked. <laughs> they tanked. They got a high draft pick. Yes. And they were able to reload. So, you know. Which tells me they have
1: a short window because J.M. Green's numbers are, window is numbered. Days are numbered because they're going to try to put Wiseman in that position.
2: Yeah, they are. then you
1: got you um Moody, uh, the other brother they drafted Kamingo. Well I forget the, the brother's name. So they've reloaded on the fly, but Draymond Green, I don't know they don't give him what he wants on next contract. I think Wiseman should get developing to take Draymond's place. Yeah, he is. So I think that's gonna be the one that's gonna be Green, but Curry and Thompson still be there shooting. You can't get with shooting like that. You can't. And you and Wiggins will be gone eventually too, in, in my opinion. So Wiggins and Green will be the one I think will be gone. And Brooklyn, without Kyrie Irving, that's still good to me. That's the best thing he's about. Because last year with Durant and a half of Harden, they bought one game the Bucks. So if that happened last year, I believe when they get all just fully going again, Griffin, Bruce Brown's guys, uh off the bench, Patty Mills get going. That's formidable.
2: But you see how the new rules have been affecting Harden though.
1: he I think he'll adjust to it. Remember, he's not. Remember, he's also injured. Off the, his injury stills too. He's really, really rehabbing right. stills too. So let him let him get in shape a little bit more, and we'll see. But I do believe he'll adjust to it. I believe in Eastern Conference, the Bucks and Sixers. Bucks and Sixers were competing to, to beat get beat by Brooklyn, and the West I thought like Golden State has a most, most complete team, and I oh. think the Denver's scary
2: too. You don't believe in the Chicago Bulls at all right now?
1: They got that go through them steps. The Knicks. Oh.
2: They don't got too much time because DeRozan ain't that he ain't that young.
1: He ain't, but you know how them teams are coming together first year. They usually don't make it out past second round maybe. The Knicks, Timberdough don't make any adjustments. I don't think they do anything. They'll give you the second round probably. Cause, and plus, Timberdough wears his guys out. You know, he wears his guys out. Yeah. Like, we call him in the NBA the knee killer. It's his nickname, the, the, the knee killer. <laughs> and Kimber Walker, Derrick <laughs> Rose – Stockholm syndrome. Y'all got bad knees. <laughs> You're gonna destroy your knees, <laughs>
2: uh,
1: bro. They playing Philadelphia on ESPN, up by twenty. Why are your stars in the game still with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter?
2: I saw uh, who is that? <laughs> who is that? Uh, on IG, man. They were talking about uh, what is his name. He always he's always commenting on the videos, but he like talking about how uh, they doing this in Chicago. It wasn't, it wasn't the Knicks, of Chicago, though. They were up uh, up 20, still four-quarter pressing, getting steals. I'm like, okay. That's that's a Tildo type deal, though.
1: And remember, remember, I remember 2012, I, I was coming from a Hawks playoff game, and Derek was got injured. It was up by 14 in the fourth quarter against whoever was playing towards ACL. Look, bro, if you lose that from kind of lead in the fourth quarter, up by 14, you should lose that game. But you got your ma- your main man hurt. He ain't been the same ever since. People in the league, this is what people in the league say, we have no idea why Derrick Rose goes back goes back to his man who, who hurt his career the way he hurt his career. Tibbs ruined that man's career. He would have been special, well, for Tibbs destroying him the way he did, Ran him to the ground.
2: He likes him though. He went back to play for him. So
1: yeah, Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> 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 Stockholm Syndrome. If you got my ACL tour and my meniscus tour, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to you ever again in my life. <laughs> I don't know you. Who are you? You killed my knees, man. <laughs> the knee killer himself. Tom <laughs> Hey, he's a great guy. I love to talk to the man. I would not want to play for him, though. I value my ACLs, my MCLs, my PCL. I value my knees. I value my ankles. I value my, my legs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be visiting hey, James Andrews Alabama for surgery because of you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. Hey, Amen. <laughs> this has been fun, brother. Hey, I'm telling you, hit me up. You want to know, in the
2: NBA, I got you. I'll be, I I'll I'll give you, I give you the boss oh, man okay. bomb. But get one. I got you. you thought, since you talking about my Cowboys, what you thought about them leaving Dak and all the starters in at the end of the game? Right, horrible there. idea or especially just enough up with injury. Dude you
1: got a hurt calf. You got him out here in millions of minutes. Like you could got that man hurt again. But see, Mike McCarthy's not good at player management or time management. And I don't want to really shout this man out, but Aaron Rodgers won in spite of Mike McCarthy. You know, you know Aaron Rodgers showed who showed us who he really is. So I'm glad about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll be champion, anybody but them going forward. See, I don't know the, the Cowboys. You know they. Yeah, I mean I, I like some of y'all fans. I got friends who are Cowboy fans here in Atlanta. I don't, I don't know how how that happened, but they're Cowboy fans. Yeah, everywhere.
2: They, they
1: they'll be going to the game this weekend. I said, hey, have fun. Park park at the Walmart from the Stadium and have a good time. And uh, you know, hope you hope y'all be upset when you come back to Atlanta. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> So <laughs> between the Dallas Cowboys and the Falcons, our teams both always lay eggs. It's
2: a different team this year, man. I keep trying to tell you that, man. We had a one-off game. It's all right. It's all right. We I knew it we McCarthy. We weren't supposed to win in Minnesota with a backup quarterback. So the fact that we lost last week, we'll take that one. We're still 6-2. and two. We're okay. still way in first of our division.
1: Oh, yeah, that division's horrible.
2: We're fine. It yeah. is. But so are the Falcons. So we're going to beat the Falcons, be 7-2. and two. And we'll be good going to Kansas City.
1: Okay, well, that's a loss then. Mahomes is a loss. I mean, you say that like they're playing well. <laughs> what are they? I just, I just don't trust Dan Quinn on the road in Kansas City. Cause see, I don't. Cause I watched Dan Quinn for five years in Atlanta, so I know what Dan he can do.
2: Dan Quinn is re-energized. He's not the head coach; <laughs> He's just doing the defense. We got Micah Parsons. Diggs had a couple off games, but Diggs is about to be back. We're gonna be okay. Is Randy, Randy Gregory, Randy, Gregory Randy not getting Gregory high? Playing like a beast.
1: Is, is Gregory awesome. not getting high, bro? Is Gregory not getting high no more?
2: Listen, not right now. We we not right now. He's waiting <laughs> to the offseason.
1: Okay, hey, I'm going to be watching out for this. Because between y'all, Cowboys, I love it. You know, I'm wearing your, I'm see, I'm not saying, Jason, I wore your colors for you. See, I wore the Cowboys silver. I'm being a a nice host today. I didn't wear black Uh, and red today. I
2: appreciate
1: that. I I didn't wear black and red today. I could have done
2: that. (laughs) I appreciate
1: that. Yeah, man, hey, I look forward to the game. So I'm going to text you something like, I I see this. uh, What's going on? It's going down. the other Jack is going down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, we're going to do this again real soon, but this was fun, man. I enjoyed this, brother. So, first of all, to you this weekend, my guy. We'll talk to you real soon, man. I
2: appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Anytime, brother. Yes, sir.